Welcome to Puckheads, your source for hockey news and everything NHL. I'm Matt Rosenberg alongside Zach Smith as we record on Monday, December 23rd. That's right, we don't take a day off for the holidays. Okay, maybe some holidays we will, but that's a matter of future consideration. Uh, it's, this isn't a trade broadcast at all. But anyway, uh, you know, we're going to get into it, drop a little short pod here, and let's get into it and kind of talk about something. We've had about three months of the season so far, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, Zach, who they are the definition of a streaky team if I've ever seen one. This is a team that has, let's just go through really quickly. They won one, lost two, won one, lost one, one two, lost one, one two, lost two, one one, lost the next one. That was just in the first month. Then they went on a three game winning streak, which was two of those were in Sweden against the Buffalo Sabres. Came back, they lost two, won three, lost three, one one, lost one, one one, lost one, one two, lost one. Then they won one this past week against Ottawa. And they've lost two in a row. This is a definition of a team that has been inconsistent. The only consistency is inconsistency for the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that is very streaky at best. Yeah, absolutely. And it's this is a team that, um, by all regards, was a Stanley Cup favorite, certainly an Eastern Cup, um, Eastern Conference favorite. And uh, I think you've dubbed them correctly. It's the curious case of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Why can't they put it together? They can't seem to get on a good streak. Um, you know, it's, it's inconsistent is, is the best word for it right now. They said at sixth in the Atlantic, um, that's certainly not going to get you into the playoffs, but certainly the way the Atlantic is, is shaping up, it, it's a fight really for a number five seed. Um, it's just so good. So, you know, I'm confused cause their top guys are scoring. I mean, Kucherov is, is having a good season. Stamkos and Hedman are doing what they do. Um, there's really no answer to me. They haven't changed that much from their, their great roster last year. I don't know what's going on with them. I You know, looking at some of the stuff, I mean, Kucherov's having a good season again, 37 points in 33 games. Stamkos leads the team with 13 goals. He has 30 points. Headman, Killorn, Brain Point. But I think what you know, really sums up this team is, you know, this is a team that only has a plus-eight goal differential. And last year they were leading the league in goal differential. And... I mean, you know, Vasilevsky is 288. I, I just think that they haven't been able to put it all together at once. This is a team that still has the goal-scoring prowess. It's just this is something that they're struggling at. I mean, Vasilevsky, a 906 save percentage. Save percentage is down. And the goals against is up a little bit, just a touch at 2.88. But, you know, this is a team that, you know, they just, for whatever reason, continue to struggle. And... I still think that they got to run in them, though, because what well, nobody in second place beyond is running away in the Atlantic Division. They're only, what, I think five points out of second place in the Atlantic. So this is a team that still has potential to go far. Yeah, I it's they have the pieces on paper to, to make you scratch your head and, and wonder why things are going the way they are so far for the season. Um I think you hit the nail on the head. They've got the talent to to put a run together to be competitive um, in the Eastern Conference. We'll see if they can do it. Um, it it's almost like they have a hangover from their disappointing playoff loss um, 
obviously one of the one of the best regular season records ever to then get swept out of the first round. It feels like a hangover that they just can't get rid of. Um, we'll see if they're able to turn it around as we get towards the towards the new year and here in the next week and uh, you know start getting into crunch time really on the season. You know, I think that that's a good point about that. You know, this could be a hangover from the loss, and you know, but this isn't a team that's completely fallen off the rails like a San Jose or or stuff like that. So I think that you know this is something that it's gonna be it's gonna bear watching. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I mean, give credit to you know Tampa Bay for hanging in there. They had a rough start. They're, they're working their way back in. And I still think that at the end of this day, this team still, to me, is just too talented to not be um, in the playoffs. And, and I think they will be in the midst. We'll see. It, it, the Atlantic Division is very curious after the Boston Bruins to see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, they certainly seem, just looking at the teams ahead of them other than Boston, uh, they're certainly more talented than Montreal and Buffalo. Uh, you could probably make a case that Toronto or Florida may have a better unit than them, just the way they're playing together. But, you know, that they're four points out of uh, out of second in the division behind Toronto. Um, you know, they've got the pieces to do it. Let's hope they can put it together because this is an excellent team, uh, a team that I want to see get back into the playoffs and show everyone that they've got something to prove after last year. Absolutely. Well, let's move on now to the big acquisition from last week, Taylor Hall. He had a... A uh, tremendous start as an Arizona Coyote. He has points in all three games, a goal and two assists, scoring his first goal last night against the Detroit Red Wings. And Taylor Hall has provided a boost to this Arizona Coyotes team, some more offensive firepower, and they're enjoying having him on the team right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when we discussed this last week, obviously the news had just broken. Uh, we knew right away that this is going to be a, a great move that would help out their offense, help out their first line right away. And God, is it uh, has it been immediate. I mean, you mentioned a point in every game. Uh, the team just looks like they have more life in them, which is a good sign because they were already playing great. I mean, right now they're tied for the lead in the Pacific with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they do have one game on them, though, so you put them first in that division. I, this Arizona team's good. Taylor Hall is great. It's the best pickup I think they could have had considering what uh, what their needs were. I just... I love it, and I think they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And let's be honest. I mean, it's they got them for practically nothing also. So I, I thought it was a great move by Arizona to get them. So, uh, let's go on to some of our holiday things. This is a holiday show. So we're going to do, Zach, you had this idea a couple of weeks ago to do like a naughty or nice thing of the NHL. So let's go with, we'll go with naughty the nice and alternate back and forth. My first naughty is the NHL coaches. It has been a rough year for some NHL coaches. Bill Peters, uh, Mike Babcock having accusations. Mark Crawford, he's he's going to be back with the Blackhawks in a little over a week. Uh, you know, guys who uh, Jim Montgomery who have been getting dismissed for personal conduct reasons and. Uh, just it's a black mark on the NHL and something that is going to need to get fixed rather shortly. Absolutely. And jumping into, I mean, that's my number one naughty too. It's, it's really been the main storyline of the season thus far. Um, misconduct both on the ice and off for some of these coaches. Uh, certainly, you know, when you lose, what is it? A sixth of your, of the coaches in the league in a few yeah. months, it's, uh, 
certainly something that uh, needs to be taken notice of. So, yeah, definitely been a, a rough beginning of this season in terms of good conduct from some of these coaches. Definitely yeah. on the naughty list. Absolutely. Well, how about let's go to something more positive, the nice list. How about teams that have been struggling, a lottery teams for, you know, close to the last decade for most of the years. How about this, the Buffalo Sabres and the Arizona Coyotes uh, having tremendous seasons so far. The Buffalo Sabres tied for third in the Atlantic Division with the Florida Panthers. They've had Jack Eichel, who has a 17-game point streak now. And you got the Arizona Coyotes atop the Pacific Division. Some of the best stories in the NHL. Great for those fan bases. Absolutely. It's a great uh, addition to the nice list. I'm going to go just an individual team um, staying in the Eastern Conference from our previous discussion. I've got the New York Islanders on my nice list. This is a team that uh, we questioned whether they would be able to have the success they had last year. Um, you know, who was going to be in net? They missed out on some big names in free agency. Kind of seemed like they would be middle of the pack in the East. Um, they've put together a fantastic um, season thus far. I mean, they had that huge winning streak uh, just about a month ago, up to 14 games about. Uh, they've just been a great surprise for me. They play fun hockey despite not having a, a bona fide superstar on their roster. Uh, I've got them on my nice list. All right. Uh, let's go to my naughty list. The second one is the poor California teams. Uh, just, I, you know, I think we expected this from Anaheim and LA. This is more about the San Jose Sharks team. The San Jose Sharks have been just awful. This is a team that can't score anymore than 101 goals, and they've allowed 133 goals against. The only team that has allowed more goals against is the Detroit Red Wings. Who are awful, but boy, it is going to be a rough time, rough winter for the California teams as they see all their teams struggle. So, yeah, naughty. Uh, the California teams not giving any competitive hockey uh, for those fans for the for twenty twenty. Yeah, certainly deserving of a spot on the naughty list. The next thing that I've got on my naughty list is the dreaded Stanley Cup hangover because. You know, what's supposed to be a daunting task for teams that end up making to the, the championship series really has not mattered at all this year. I mean, you've got St. Louis, the cup winners, who, uh, you know, are starting to run away with the with their division and look like, you know, they're going to be the top seed in the West. You've got Boston, who's right up there with Washington for the number one seed in the East. I, these teams have been fantastic. They certainly hit the ground running on opening night and you know, the Stanley Cup hangover seems to have taken a year off for this season. It has. It has. And it's it's something that's just very interesting to see. Both these teams among the best in the NHL. And uh, it has been wondrous to see Tuka Rask play and Jordan Bennington that they continue their stellar goaltending. All right. My second nice thing on the list is how about the performance of the dangerous duo in Edmonton of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They are leading the NHL in points, uh, 61 and 60 respectively. They are seven points ahead of third place, Nathan McKinnon. And these two guys are solely responsible for the Edmonton Oilers being in a playoff position as we head to the holiday break. Uh, they've been tremendous. They've been phenomenal. And when you consider there is absolutely nobody else on their team that is helping them out, uh, it's been a wonder to watch, and they are fun to watch every game. Yeah, absolutely. It's must-see TV anytime one of those guys is on the ice. Uh, going on to my second item on the nice list, uh, a topic that 
Matt, you really love talking about, and I know is dear to your heart. How about the Canadian teams this year uh, making a bit of a resurgence? Um, you know, leave Ottawa out of that just because they. I'm not talking about them here, but Toronto starting to turn it around. Uh, Montreal's having a surprising season. You go into the West, and you have Winnipeg and Edmonton, two great surprises who are um, having really good years thus far. Calgary, Vancouver, um, a bit surprising. Calgary's finally starting to put it together. Um, you know, it's the NHL is a lot more fun when the Canadian teams are good and when they're playing for uh, either a, a playoff series or for the Cup. Um, on my nice list, glad to have some of these Canadian teams back in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's go to our third naughty thing. And how about the just we've seen some very I would say even more dangerous hits than normal in, in the NHL. And I'm not a fan of that. So I think it's, you know, naughty for players who like to take that out on other players. I'm thinking the same with Gerard. He's lucky that Ellis to bring cat didn't get more injured. Um, you know, we just seen a lot of those. I, I'm thinking of oh, who was the uh, goodest. Um, you know, there's just been many really, really dangerous hits. And uh, I think it's just something that there's no place in the game for it. Absolutely. Kind of spinning off that for my last item on the naughty list, um, big injuries. Seems like we've had a, a few big-name players uh, more often than in previous seasons go out this year. Uh, Sidney Crosby out for a few months. You had uh, Gabriel Landeskog, who's finally back for Colorado. Um, you've got a few other unfortunate injuries from some of those big hits, the dirty hits where players have gotten suspended. Just seems like a, more big names have been on the uh, the IR early on this season. Um, hopefully that turns around. But you know you want these guys out on the ice definitely takes away from the quality of the game. So uh, hopefully no more big name injuries. Um, got them on my naughty list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last thing on the nice list is the kind of played off with your second one of the Canadian team. How about the Winnipeg Jets? This is a team that loses Dustin Bufflin. Uh, in training camp, says he, you know, he's not sure if he wants to play. He's hurt. Uh, not sure if he wants to play anymore. This is a team that has been resilient, and they continue to find ways to win. Uh, Connor Hellebuck has been great in net for the Winnipeg Jets. Patrick Laine looks like he's rediscovered that scoring touch. I believe he's got 13 goals already, so looks like he's had a chance to get through more than 30 again this year. And just the Winnipeg Jets, Blake Wheeler becoming the all-time. Uh, scoring leader in franchise history. Uh, just a great, great effort by the Winnipeg Jets. And to be tied at third in the Central Division, to me, is one of the most impressive teams so far this year. Absolutely. I'll round up our naughty or nice list uh, with my third nice item. How about some of the younger players that have come into the league in the last few years? Um, you know, we talk about the changing of the guard and some of the, uh, the players that have dominated for the last uh, decade or so. Uh, we've had a great influx of young players coming in, even looking at the top three picks of the draft this season. I mean, Jack Hughes, while playing for a bad team, has been uh, has been fun to watch so far. Such a young player. Capo Cacao has just been uh, fantastic to watch playing for the Rangers. Even Kirby Dock is starting to turn it on for our hometown Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, it's always great. You know, the changing of the guard can be can be a bit sad because some of your favorite players start to get towards the end of their careers. But, man, we've got some really good young players, um, and they just make the game more exciting. Yes, yes, they do. And 
Um, yeah, I think that's a nice little naughty, a nice whistle. I love the young players. Uh, you know, NHL is a game that's trending more and more younger, and just the way that these guys are able to play in a major sports league to me is one of the most impressive things. All right, let's go on to a international competition, a pretty big international competition that's going to be taking place this week. It is, of course, the World Men's Under 20s, which commonly referred to as the World Junior Championships. This is a chance where you get to see a lot of prospects that are playing in the tournament. I believe Ian Mitchell, uh, one of the Blackhawks prospects, is going to be on Canada. And you look at this, and it's going to be fun to watch. And Canada and the U.S., they play on Thursday to open the tournament in the Czech Republic. So some of the things to look for in Canada, probably the presumptive top two is going to be in this tournament at 17 years old. 17 year old. So it's not something you always see. And a lot of times you don't see them play a whole lot. But it'll be interesting. Uh, Alexis uh, Lafrey there, who is mainly seen as the consensus number one pick, he has some comp- competition from Sudbury center Quinn Byfield, who will be part of Canada as well. And I think they're both going to be probably in the top six of Canada. So we will see what happens. But Capital Cacao here over had a great tournament last year for Finland. Uh, then he carried that over into the World Championships where he played the Pro Men in the spring. And that, and that was helped. And so this is going to open up the uh, discussion as well. But you will see... You know, Bowen Byram, you'll see Cole Caulfield, Dylan Cousins, Moritz Sider, Alex Turcott. I think you might see, um, actually, he might not still at Wisconsin, but you're going to see a bunch of guys, Phil Grover, guys that you've heard. So this is a fun tournament. Canada and U.S. are probably the presumptive favorites. Uh, they'll play each other in group play, we'll see. And some other guys to keep uh, track of from Sweden, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz, who are with that definitely top 10 pits, if not top 5 pits. Uh, this year, so it, it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to see Bowen Byram and uh, see what he looks like, a guy that Colorado drafted fourth overall. Yeah, there's always those moments in uh, in sports when you're not in the professional level where you have a chance to make a name for yourself, and you know whether it's uh, in college football, college basketball, in the tournament, um, you know minor league baseball, you have these chances. This is really when you know you see these names come up for uh, future NHL stars and you know these guys get their chance to to um, you know show out from some of the other countries obviously you know the familiarity with Canada and um, the United States some players we already know they've already been drafted so it's fun to see names come from out of nowhere have great tournaments to see the the future of the NHL come to play for their country and uh, it's going to be some great hockey to have over this next week. Absolutely. So you can catch all those games on the NHL Network. All right, let's go to some of Blackhawks' talk. Uh, a, a very weird week. They get waxed on Wednesday night by Colorado at home. And then Duncan Keith says, look, we got to play better. We got to show some more heart, some more emotion. And the team responds. They have a very impressive win in Winnipeg uh, the next night. And then they go to Colorado on Saturday night. They're down 3-1, to one, even though they're outplaying Colorado. Colorado had outscored them, I believe, to that point. That would have been, what, 19-7 to seven so far in 11 periods. And this is a team that literally, they started hitting Colorado, which was good to see. And then they have a four-goal third-period comeback with goals from Kane. And let's see if I'm remembering. Kane, Doc. 
Kubelik and Murphy with the empty netter. Uh, what a game by the Chicago Blackhawks. And if that's something that's going to be interesting to see how they play tonight against New Jersey at home. But if this is a team that's going to get on a run, I point back to the fact of what happened Wednesday with Samuel Gerrard's hit on Alex Debrinkat and the Blackhawks hitting the penalty on the play, Eric Gustafson, but not the, uh, Gerrard, and that he didn't even get suspended. And I point to the fact that this team came together as a team Saturday night and won a game, helped out their goaltender finally with an incredible four-goal comeback uh, in the second half of that third period. And, I mean, your captain played great, goal and two assists. Or, or what do you have? Uh, two assists, excuse me, in that game, or three assists. I don't remember now, off the top of my head. But I mean, this is a, you know he's played well over the last couple of days, and this team has played well. So we'll see if they can carry it on. But if this team is finally going to show consistency, you can look at the past three games in those four days as a turning point. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I'm sitting at home watching that game, the Colorado game on Saturday night, and. The second, the whole game is so quintessential Hawks of this season because they're absolutely dominating Colorado in the second period and just nothing's going their way. And you're thinking, this might be the best period of hockey they've played this entire season and they're down two goals. And like, they, they just can't get it together. Leonard's making some saves, keeping them in the game. And you talk about, I think there's about nine and a half minutes left and they're still down 3-1 and they just put it together. Uh, Kirby Doc with a f- fantastic goal sprawling out on the I'm not sure how that made it in um, yeah you know I'm, I'm still hesitant to say the Hawks are finally there where we expect them to be yes. but man that win at, in Winnipeg is impressive um, Patrick Kane phenomenal I believe he had four points in that one he was involved in every goal scored um, Taze looked great on Saturday Kane looked great I think that was the best game of Kirby Doc um, of his early career so far, and he just looked great. He is finally getting physical, learning how to use his body a little better. Um, you know, it seems like Colorado might be a new rival of the Hawks. They really, especially after that Wednesday night game, they do not like them. You could see they were they were beating the crap out of them on Saturday night any chance they could. Um, I can't remember who Keith hit, but someone tried to fight him, and Keith looked at him like get out of here kid like I'm not I'm not here to to mess around with you after you just pummeled some dude um, on the blue line so this is the Hawks we want to watch these are the Hawks we want to see hopefully they can sustain it because again they've had the goaltending all year um, between Crawford and Leonard they have the pieces you know you'd think to put it together Um, if they can finally do that they could make it interesting as we get towards the the new calendar year yeah, he hit Donskoy, and then I, I forgot who was trying to skate to try to challenge him to a fight, but it was hilarious, because he just looked over and said, yeah, if you want to go, I'll beat you up too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, look, that was, and I missed that particular stretch of the second period, but I believe there were, what, about five or six hits in that two-minute stretch, where the Hawks were just hitting anything yeah, and everybody, and up. that's what you needed to see after Wednesday, you know, when... when Colorado starts taking liberties with your players. You just need to hit them. And look, the ref stepped in and prevented a fight. Fine. We're just going to punish you and hit you physically. And look, this is a team that they're big enough. And it was nice to see Kirby Doc get a hit in there. And, and to me, with Brandon Saad out, and I have no idea how he can break his ankle, but he's only supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. Kirby Doc should be getting top six minutes. Enough with the Alex Nylander crap. He's not a top six player. 
you know, make Kirby Doc your, in that top six. Put Kirby Doc with, you know, either Kane and Strom, and you put Debrinkat and Kubelik, or if you want to put, I still believe that Debrinkat should be with Strom. They just, they have this connection, it works. And maybe you put Kirby Doc with them, and then you put Kane with Tays and Kubelik. Uh, so I'll be interested to see, but I think Kirby Doc should be on the wing. You know, he's big, he's physical, and he can skate. And I mean, the kid made a heck of an effort to get that goal. I thought it was just their best win of the year, by far. Absolutely. And it's, again, you you finally see that fire in them. Uh, they finally look like they're engaged in the game, like they're interested in playing for each other. Uh, Gilbert has a great fight with Landis Cog after, um, yeah, as a retaliation into a, a bigger hit earlier in the game. That's what you need to see out of your team. Uh, you need to see players that have each other's back, that take it personally when they lose or when they get scored on. The Hawks haven't looked like that for a lot of the season. Uh, obviously, Duncan Keith, as a leader of the team, saw it uh, his responsibility to, to give that speech and, and to pump them up that way. So, listen, they finally played with some passion, with some fire, uh, a great win. I, I agree with you. The, their best game overall and their best win definitely of the season. Um, they need to sustain this going forward. They need to keep that same passion. And I, I think they can do it because I want to be optimistic cheering for my team. So uh, they've got a chance to to prove us right tonight. I Absolutely right. Let's see how they come out tonight. Really quickly, a couple of uh, housekeeping notes. And that the All-Star Game announced their four captains uh, Saturday. So the captains will be uh, Washington's Alexander Ovechkin, Boston's David Pasternak, Edmonton's Connor McDavid, and uh, Colorado's Nathan McKinnon. So they will be the captains for their divisions. Jason Sucker is out four to six weeks after having surgery to repair a fractured right fibula. I think it's insane that somebody can play uh, hockey and skate after four to six weeks. It just goes to show you that hockey players are dumb at times. Uh, and Darcy Kemper, Darcy Coyote's goaltender, was hurt. Uh, with a lower body injury while he was making the save. He could be out for an extended period of time. A lot of pressure on Antti Ranta for that. So it will be interesting to see because Kemper's had a tremendous season, 2.17 goals against average and a 15-82 record for the Arizona Coyotes. All right, let's get on to our top three teams. Uh, I'll go first. I have the Arizona Coyotes as number three top team in the Pacific Division. Uh, I think that Taylor Hall adds a dimension that they didn't have to this team. Elite goal-scoring talent. It also takes some of the pressure off of Phil Kessel to be that elite goal scorer. Now you have two. So I think anytime you can add that depth. Their goaltending, even with Kemper out, I still think they're going to be solid. Uh, we'll see you know, what they do. But this is a team that deserves to have some kudos. 21-13-4. Uh, with 46 points, 16 regulation or overtime wins, and uh, five of those are in the shootout. This is a team that's very strange. Look at their record. They are below 500 at home. They are 8-9-1 at home, and they are 13-4-3 on the road. Uh, number two, the rated Stanley Cup champions. They just continue to get it done. I, what most impressed me about the St. Louis Blues is that Vladimir Tarasenko is still out. And this team is just phenomenal. They are solid home or away. They don't care. Jordan Bennington, obviously the real deal uh, for the St. Louis Blues. That was my question mark heading into this year. Was it just lightning in a bottle? But uh, Jordan Bennington just reminds me of Corey Crawford, vintage Corey Crawford. And the St. Louis Blues, just tremendous. And then 
I have as my number one team the Washington Capitals. A team that just, again, quietly gets it done. I feel like we talk about this every week. 26, 6, and 5. The best record, 57 points. Uh, 10, 3, and 4 at home. They are 16, 3, and 1 on the road in a plus 30 goal differential. And this is a team that is very quietly putting up a historic season and nobody seems to notice. Yeah, I mean, uh, a fantastic top three. I really struggled because, you know, the Islanders have been great. Colorado's been uh, having a, a great year so far. Carolina's surprising. Arizona's starting to make some moves. There's plenty of teams that uh, are deserving of these top spots, but I went chalk just because the top three in my mind are, are just so good and have been consistent all year. I've got Boston at three. I really have them interchangeable between three and two um, every week just because, you know, Tuka Rask is fantastic. That top line is doing everything we've wanted them to do and and more with uh, with Pasta and with, um, with Marshawn up there. You know, they're just – they're fantastic. You can't say any more than that. They're good at, at all areas of the game. I've got uh, St. Louis Blues number two. You mentioned it. Jordan Bennington uh, been fantastic. They're playing their style of hockey. They're doing it without their best scorer. Ryan O'Reilly has been fantastic. Uh, Peter Angelos is holding it together on the blue line. You know, they're just yeah. – they're. I have them as my top spot in the West, um, and they should be a force we reckon with as we get – to the to the new year washington number one um you said it that they're quiet but they're fantastic um they're just consistent they win games they play well in every area of the ice um again i i'm just i keep saying it every time i'm sick of talking about them because they i think they've been our both our number one teams for the last month maybe two months yeah I mean, they, they haven't left. I don't see them leaving that spot anytime soon. They're just that good. Um, and I, I think they're going to run away with it as we get to the, the to the second half of the season. They've just been the model of consistency so far this season. It has been impressive to watch the Washington Capitals. Um, all right, let's get to our player of the week. Uh, my player of the week, Noel Akari from the Florida Panthers. He had back-to-back hat tricks earlier this week against Ottawa and Dallas. Uh, wound up finishing the week with seven goals and one assist. Uh, just tremendous. Noel Akari, uh, so that's seven of his 12 goals were scored in the past week. Uh, what a performance, back-to-back hat-tricks for Noel Akari. Yeah, he's certainly um, the, the hottest name of the week after you go back-to-back hat-tricks. It's hard not to be. Um, his teammate, Huberto, also had a great week with him. Um, but I went with Roman Yossi the defenseman on the uh, Nashville Predators, six goals in four games. Um, this is a guy who I had ranked as my number one um, player at his position in the league. Uh, he's been fantastic. Now he's putting it on the offensive end as well. I believe he leads the Predators in goals for the season, which um, you know is just remarkable in itself. Um, he's the model of, of a two-way player. He's great on both ends. I've got him as my player of the week. Yeah, that's a good bet. Roman Yossi helping carry the Nashville Predators. All right, let's get to our game of the week, and then we'll get to Smith's hits. And uh, my game of the week, the Arizona Coyotes at the Vegas Golden Knights. It was weird looking through, you know, remembering that they were taking off Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. It's like, wow. 
Uh, Saturday night, Arizona at Vegas. That's going to be for first place in the Pacific Division. That should be a fun game. Watching Taylor Hall, now that Arizona has a little bit more speed, go up against the speed of Vegas. Vegas has played really well lately. Absolutely. It should be a fun one. I've also got a game Saturday night. The Washington Capitals had to play the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, as we mentioned, Washington, both of our number one uh, teams in the league. Carolina, sneaky good. I mean, a quiet 20-win team. I think they've got 22 wins total. Um, they're hanging right there in the top five in the Eastern Conference. I think it's going to be fantastic. These are two teams that uh, match up very well against each other. Um, you know, those two games that we just mentioned, what more could you ask for on a Saturday night of hockey? Oh, absolutely not. fantastic. By the way, I mean, there's hockey going on right now as we record this. I always forget that, like, the day before, like, wait, there's afternoon games. There's one at four, uh, one right now between the Maple Leafs and Hurricanes. All right, let's get to Smith's hits. And uh, Seth, I'll let you take it away. Perfect. As Matt uh, mentioned just about a minute ago, the NHL takes off uh, for the Christmas holiday. They take off uh Eve day and the day after. Of course, Christmas Eve falls on a Tuesday. So I'll be doing some uh, retroactive Monday night games, depending on when the pod drops. Um, you know, the games might have happened already, but oh well, we're recording this Monday around 1 p.m. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll, take, my, we'll try hopefully to get it up works. there before the yeah. games start. Well, we'll do our best, but yes. it's a weird week with the holiday season. Uh, so let's go some Monday games. I've got the New Jersey Devils at the Chicago Blackhawks. Again, a bit of a homer pick. Um, Chicago's minus 160 on the money line. I think they're going to make this a three-game win streak. I think they're going to stay hot going into the break. Uh, so take them on the money line. Another great game tonight, Edmonton at Vancouver. Vancouver's favored because they're at home. They've got um, minus one and a half points on the spread. But Edmonton's just fantastic. I feel like they can score with anyone. I think they're going to keep it close. Vancouver might squeak out a win, but take Edmonton with the points. Final game for our holiday season edition, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets head to the New York Islanders. As I mentioned, the Islanders have just been great. Um, their offense is playing very well. The over-under sits at five. That feels low to me. I think they're just going to have an offensive explosion um, right before this break here. Take the over. Uh, I could see you know, putting up seven or eight goals between the two of them. Feels like a good bet from me. Absolutely. Hey, so that's great. So uh, I, we want to wish everybody a great holiday, a great Christmas, a Boxing Day is in Canada on the 26th, which is always when the World Junior starts. So that's Thursday. So um, I know that Zach and I want to wish everybody a happy holidays. We'll be back next week with a podcast. We'll be looking to 2020 and the end of a decade, Zach. Absolutely. End of a decade. Maybe we'll have some special plan for that. So for Zach, I'm Matt. Have a great week and have a safe holiday, everybody.